Welcome back to the Line of Vienna Sweet Podcast, episode 98. My name is Will Jones. Joining me tonight, as ever, Mr. Chris Madden. Hello, Chris. Hi, mate. You alright? Good, thank you. Good, good. And there's not, Excellent. And there's not that many of us on the podcast tonight, um, but there's certainly one that is, and he's a very special guest, and we're very glad to have him on again. Um, welcome back, Mr. Mark Isles. Hello. You okay? Yeah, good, good to have you on. Um, braving it once more. Um, been, a pleasure, a pleasure. I think it's been over 12 months since we last spoke, so we'll have to have a good catch-up. Um, yeah, we, 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 we try and do it more often, but um, obviously just haven't managed to sync it up, and we had a, an unexpected break of the pod for about six months somewhere. We just got lost in our own fantasies, so... Sunday evening is the only time I get to see any cinema, so you know, uh, I have to say you, you, you're especially honoured today because oh. it's absolutely now on a way to watch. So well, we're always very privileged by your presence. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we'll just touch on the major events from last season uh, since we last spoke. Um, so we'll start That's with me. the Nottingham Forest game at the end of the season. Mark, can we even put that into words? Can I put it into words? I've, I've certainly written enough words about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all a bit of a whirlwind, really, isn't it? It's, it's hard to imagine that uh, kind of a week before you had fans approaching the dugouts and hurling abuse at Phil Parkinson, and then, you know, seven days later, he was, uh, you know, everything was forgiven and it was uh, euphoria all round and flooding, flooding the pitch and dancing. Weird, really. Just yeah. uh, it's a strange season, um, but you know I was glad for I was glad for Phil, glad for the staff um, that they got over the line. Uh, I mean, you know, sensational job to do it, um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you're all aware of all the uh, the, the hardships he's uh, he's suffered and the, the stuff he's had to put up with as, as being bolt wanted manager. It's uh, it's uh, it's not an easy job, so I was I was glad for him. Yeah, of course. I just I think enca- encapsulates the, uh, the 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 sort of flip side of things and it being a Bolton fan in you know, only a matter of months ago, you know, five months ago we were lauding Parkinson as the, the great yeah. superhero of survival, you know, given the ignoring comfortably the fact that we'd had a you know, a largely shocking season, but that one moment allowed him to have even more goodwill than I think he already had. But then it's just even the start of the season that came that, that came along in August, we still thought he was the bee's knees, and then all of a sudden we've had a bad run, and, and Christ, look how things have changed. Just results change. Just results change yeah. everything, don't they? It's incredible. You know, couple, he, he could win the next couple of games, and then you'd have you'd have people changing their minds again. It's uh, it's it's a strange uh, strange situation with football. And fans fans' opinions do change like the wind. It's like the ongoing situation at the minute, and you know, same as last season. It's like you thought you know we we were dead and buried, and then. All of a sudden, as soon as the results turn around, it's like everything's all right again. Um, so yeah, it 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 doesn't always. Um, it's not always a true reflection, you know. When and ninety minutes can change a lot, as as that uh, that final game proved. Um, but yeah, so far this season, obviously we had a good start, Mark. Um, but since then, obviously things have gone a bit sour. Um, but in general, you know, compared to last season and and what have you, you know, where we were this time last year, how how do you think we we're going on? Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I mean, I, I did that piece the other day about comparing the squads, and my general feeling is that the, the squad this season is it's got more depth. It's still weak in in certain areas, but I do think generally it's it's a it's a better squad, um, and I think. You know when it's if it does find find its feet again, I think they'll be okay this season. I don't think we'll 
they'll go as as close to the wire as they did uh, last season. Um, but very little's changed. You know, they're still they're still sort of hand to mouth financially. It's still it's still an extremely difficult job. And you know, I, I do think with all this this sort of clabber to see Phil Parkinson removed, whether anybody really knows what they'd be getting themselves in for for a, mm. for a job like that, because it's it really is such a difficult one to do. I mean, you have to think that nobody's really thought thought that far ahead. You know, in in terms of mm. you know where we look next and what we're actually what we would be gaining from that. You know, if it was to happen. Um, mm. Obviously, he's been known as the miracle man. You know, it's been twice in a row. Um, you know, c- could it possibly happen a third time? Well, you can only go to the well so far, can't you? I mean, you know, Owen Coyle uh, managed to get fantastic loney. You know, Jack Sturridge, uh, Jack Wilshire. Um, you know, he's, he he kept on going there, kept on trying the same trick, and then the moment it, it, it failed, and they they got a, a raft of poor signings down, they go and, and you know the rest is history. I think you can only go to the well so many times and, and try and you know repeat the tricks so, so many times, and um, you know Phil's finding it hard at the minute, but uh, you know, and, and then also I think he's on the same sort of run now. I think in, in the last thirteen games as as they had last season. I don't think there's any more kind of looking back and saying, well, we were worse off last season. Mm. I think the run they're on at the minute is is pretty similar now. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's a very, very um, interesting uh, time now if you're the Bolton Wanderers owner. That's what I was trying to, I was meaning about in terms of the, the, the way the perception comes into it because the week before the Forest game last year, I remember the Burton away game was the lowest of the low. I can't remember feeling yeah. like that. Ever really, even in the deepest dark steps of the Premier League times, of of being down the bottom, um, and then that's completely forgotten about because of what happened a few days later, and because of what happened in the last thirty seconds of the game a few days later, because that that entire Forest game was an absolute lesson in misery for them, the most part, at least for me. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, it, it just you, you, everybody has selective memories with stuff, doesn't they? I mean, it's, you know, you can think back to League One and some of the. Games in you know, a Rochdale away, for example, Oldham away, some real turgid performances. Yet you think of that season, and I would imagine most fans would be like, "Yeah, that was fantastic." I've heard a few sort of things on Twitter today about, you know, wouldn't it be great to go back down there and, and do the, you know, do the old grounds, and uh, you know, don't have to uh, have weeks off on international breaks, and we're involved in the first round of the FA Cup and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think sometimes there is a selective memory about it, and it all all depends on. Uh, and on how it finishes as such. So, no, I mean it's it, it's uh, it's been a it's been a roller coaster for them. It's just whether or not the ride stopped. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, you know, compared to the the whole season, you know, the the end of the last one, you know, it it didn't it wasn't really a true reflection of it all. Like you were saying, you know, we we had the the, the downs of like the Burton game, like you said, of of the fans sort of losing their heads a bit, and then obviously uh, just a complete change of you know interrelation. Um. But yeah, I mean, Chris, we were just discussing this um, briefly before. You know, we're now on a run of uh, four games without scoring. It's a club record. Um, yeah. c- can we see it changing anytime soon? It's, um, it's, it's got to, hasn't it? It's got to. Got, surely it's got to. Got to change. Mm. Do you agree? Well, yeah, I, I just mean where from. Just like, can, 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 <laughs> you know, where, where he's in. Um, you know, can you see a realistic? change in coming up soon or you know whether we're going to be you know stuck in a rut for a while now I mean I, I, I think it's it's always going to be it was always going to be a difficult season I don't think you're ever going to be uh, 
you know, challenging for playoffs or, or even or even top half of the table. I think um, it was always there, there were always going to be a, a run like this um, to 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 go through so many games, especially at home. To do it at home um, is is especially difficult, isn't it? I think sometimes mm-hmm. you can get away with it away from home because you only get a select band of people that uh, that travel around the country with Bolton Wanderers, but. Um, to do it on on your doorstep, and particularly, I think, with the financial kind of pressures on the club as well, that every person that sits their backside on the seat is important. Mm. Um, you know, and and you know, Ken Anderson, you can uh, have your opinions about his, his kind of uh, his, his demand for fans to get through the gates and and to constant calls for for people to back the team. But there is a reason for it: is that that it is extremely important for the club's uh, mm-hmm. cash flow, and uh, I think the fact that they're not getting results there. Yeah. Not getting, you know, performances that are pleasing people is a real consideration. That's the, the biggest jeopardy for Phil Parkinson is that really, you know, the, the people are stopping coming through the gate. You know, there's people sat at home and saying, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, of course. I mean, there is the cliche, you know, with, with the 12th man and so on. And, um, you know, I think there was just 14,000 through the gate. Um, well, when I say just, you know, it, it's not bad considering where we are. Um, but, you know, I, I agree entirely. And like you said, I think some people do genuinely find the idea of another League One tour quite attractive. Um, and, and then you consider that we've got the likes of Blackburn and, and Wigan, and, you know, who can potentially bring relatively big crowds. And I know that it's a given that the attendances spike for those games. Um, but we want it to be a more a more general thing. Do you think it would help, you know, bring the support back? I mean, I know it shouldn't do, but, you know, should we go down, do you think that would... You know, possibly meet demands then. You know, for for Ken. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you you, you like you say that the, the big uh, away followings you you miss out on down there, um, and you haven't got the the Sheffield United. So, and I shouldn't imagine Sunderland will be sticking around in League One for much longer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's this this slim pickings down there. Obviously, a six million pound down the drain as far as sponsorship and TV as well, if not seven now. Um, it would be a huge financial hit if uh, if they did go down, um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe there is a maybe there is an element of the support that would like to see that and to mm-hmm. uh, be the big dogs in the division and see more wins than than defeats. It's it's like the old Premier League days, isn't it? I think it got mm-hmm. stale towards the yeah, end. You know, I was, was going to say something very similar, Mark. I'm, I'm very, I fully admit how guilty I was to romanticising the time in the Championship when we were in the Premier League, not not really being that concerned about relegation from the Prem because oh well at least we'll be big fish in a small pond down down there and look how that ended up. Um yeah. but I think I think people forget that when even when they talk about success in relative to this season that oh well they you know they'd take be coming twenty first. Well coming twenty first in the championship means a long old slog of a season without that much to, to cheer for really. So it's mm-hmm. it's dangerous to, to appear to be that content with the, the sort of mediocrity or even worse than that, that we we've embraced as our our standard at the minute. Just really hard to see how it improves. Mm. Do you think that comes from from the from the management? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be kind of balanced with the criticism as well because I don't think you know Phil Parkinson can be completely vo- be you know devoid of criticism. I think you know, maybe the maybe the criticism kind of rubbed up on the on the, the whole situation maybe that is our one maybe you know that's that is you know all themselves now mm-hmm. it's difficult because um there's no doubt i don't think that everyone this is the, the most kind of like 
patient mutiny I think I've ever seen because nobody particularly mm. wants Parkinson to to suffer the sort of exit that the likes of Megson and Coyle did when it was acrimonious and ultimately left with, with no alternative to sack the guy. Um, everyone respects Parkinson, at least as far as I'm aware, that they appreciate the difficulties in which he's worked. And I think the desire for change is more, at least from my point of view, is more to do with a fresh voice and to see how that comes across. Because I don't think there's much doubt that you're going to get in anybody particularly markedly better you know there's nobody coming from the Premier League or from abroad that's going to come in and, and change anything spectacularly mm. I think people just want a, a changing outlook and mm. I, I, I understand and, I, and I, I do put some sort of store in the in the belief that that over time it is possible I guess for a manager's voice in the change room to get a little bit on the, a little bit stale I mean as you say you that's, know that's, that's, still, that's the only real argument I can see for for making the change in that mm. You know, you just don't know what a fresh voice can come in and try and do because any new guy is going to have the same, same bunch of people to work for. Not they're going to come in with ten million quid to spend in January. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's the old argument, you know, you know of, um, you know, of how things change and how people, you know, they get bored of the same thing and you know how they just want something for the for the sake of, um, you know, new scenery and you know we we've had the. The discussion previously about how a change in the style of football necessarily guarantees results, um, and you know, and where that change best lies in terms of you know what is to change. I mean, we've heard the potential rumours of you know investors being on the horizon. Um, whether or not that's a, a a real possibility, you know, I'm I'm not sure. But um, do you think there's other areas which, which can give in terms of where change might come from, or what would be a better option than? You know, simply just slinging the hook on the manager and then hoping for the best. Well, it's certainly not going to be signing the players, is it? I mean, you know, even if, if you know it gets until January, I can't see there being a mass investment in the squad the way things are going. Um, we know we're going to find the time. Um, so I think nobody's going to walk in. Even, even if they were to get Brandon, nobody's going to get a big war chest in, in January. It's going to have to be pretty much what you've got. I think it's sort of limited scope in terms of changing the loans, etc. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the only the only kind of It's going to be players, younger ones especially, that are out the team and maybe uh, uh, tripping over the bottom lip a little bit. But there's, there's the senior ones, the ones that uh, that you can hang your hat on, um, mm. are very much behind the manager. Mm. Um, and, you know, you would worry. It's a very delicate ecosystem sometimes. You do worry that if you were to take Phil Parkinson, it wouldn't just be Phil Parkinson. It would be Steve Parkin, it would be Matt Barris, it would be uh, Nick Allenby, it would, you know, Lee Butler. I think they come as a package. It yeah. would be a huge hole to fill. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't just be a case of, well, let's just you know see if David Lee fancies uh, a couple of weeks in in, <laughs> in the hot seat. It's it would be a massive, mm. massive hole to fill um, in that in that uh, in that training ground. And you know he's he's built up um, you know a set a squad a, a kind of a, a character of a squad um, experienced lads who. You know, who do trust him? There's no question about mm-hmm. it. Um, I agree. It's not easy to watch. I, I completely sympathise with fans who kind of pay the money and say, "Listen, I'm not enjoying this." 
because you know it's 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 plain to see sometimes it's been it's been very difficult. I think they are trying. I think they are playing slightly better. I think last few games they've tried to play a bit of football. Whether or not that's to the betterment of the the results, I don't know. I think you know. Uh, there's a bit of me that would like Phil Parkinson to turn around and say, right, well, listen, let's go ugly. Let's just go and do it. Let's go and do what we used to do and just batter teams and, and, and go, you know, super direct and at least get some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what everybody wants, you know, just see that and not have to get rid of the manager. And, you know, like, like you said previously, I mean, you know, I think we had a bit of a technical error, but, um, you know, you're saying that the 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 senior players, you know, particularly, you know, the, the older lads in the squad, Definitely make you know a significant contribution in terms of um, you know leading the team and, and not necessarily yeah. just hoping for for change or relying on it at all. You know they've they've got to take a bit of initiative and you know you've got to consider whether it you know who who takes the blame who shares the blame um, and you've got to consider like you said Matt, it was a very good point that you know if Park goes his backroom staff go as well and you don't know the detrimental effect that that could have on the squad too given their uh, presumably close relationships um so i think everyone's just struggling for you know a, a clear answer as to what needs to change and it's it's a bit frustrating not knowing you know sort of not really where our future lies but um because there's no guarantees as well i think will isn't it that like mark said there's no you're gonna if you're not just talking about changing one man you're talking probably about changing about the best part of a dozen mm. um all on the on the on the hope you know there's no guarantee any sort of change people can throw names out there like McCarthy or anyone you like, but equally as, as, as Parkinson, there's no guarantee. It's all a massive, massive gamble. Yeah. There's no there's no huge groundswell of, of opinion. I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know, you know, Twitter's Twitter and, um, you know, social media attracts the, the, the stronger opinions, let's put it that way. But I was there, uh, you know, uh, on, on Saturday evening and there was no... There were no chants. There were no protests. It was, you know, you wouldn't have really known that Bolton were in the midst of a a, a really really bad run. I thought the, the crowd were generally pretty supportive all the way through. Yeah, better moaning half time, full time, but you know, they, it's got nowhere near as bad as it was for Freeman or it was for Megson. Not that I don't even want to see it go that way, but it, you really, I, I'm I'm struggling to see a, a real clear. Mandate from supporters to say, well, yeah, actually, I don't. We don't want Phil Parkinson to be the manager, mm. and I, I do wonder whether or not the, you know, Ken Anderson's looking at that and saying, well, actually, no, there's there's, there's no reason for me to make this mm. this decision. I think there's, you know, I think there's time. I think there's time for him to turn it round. I do trust him. He's backed his manager before. Exactly. I mean, the, the, like you said, there's not necessarily loads of ground to to sack, to sack him on, and then. You know, you've got the other big question, which is then, you know, can we afford to, to do such a thing, you know, in terms of payoffs or, you know, I know his contract's up at the end of the, the season, I believe, but it, it's just, you know, what whether it's necessary and if it's not, then, you know, is the easy option not to or, and you know, you know chance it, but, um, yeah. I, I don't think it's an easy option. I think it's yeah. a, it would be a, a brave move. I think the easiest option would be to, to go and, and try and appease people to try and get bums back on seats I think that would be the easiest thing to do um, maybe finances come into it I think only Ken can really answer that but the easiest thing would be to, to remove your manager and to try somebody else mm. um, I mean there's ways and means of doing it without it necessarily costing a massive amount of money um, but I, I think it would be a, a pretty brave move from 
from Ken Anderson to turn around and you know we've not heard from him for for a week now. I think to to write one of those columns and say right no listen mm. he's done this before he'll do it again. I was going to comment on that actually. You know I was still waiting on the note actually. Like yeah. do, do you read it at all into that or is it just you know I I, I haven't really noted if there's a schedule with it or not. But um, just wonder what your thoughts were on that really. Yeah, I don't think there are schedules. I think there's some no. weeks where you'll see three or four of them. Um, I think he does, and, and this isn't meant as a, a particular as a criticism. I think he does them on a whim. It's kind of like if something pops into his head that he feels that he needs to say, he'll mm. he'll do the do the, the the relevant stuff and speak to his media team and get something out there. You know, that's that's fine. I I do think you dilute their effectiveness the more you do it. I think if you're calling for fans to get behind the team. That's fine, and I think there's, there's, you know, there's, he's got every single right to do that as a chairman of a football club, and it's happened since time immemorial. But I think if you do it every day, or you know, two or three times a week, you start to lose that kind of that effect. Um, I think that, that's exactly how it, how it became in the start. It was something fresh. It was something new. And it yes. Was um, and then everyone applauded him for his his wonderful openness. Um, then I think there also comes a time where you you, you pull the curtain back a bit too much. Um, and you start to wonder whether fans we really need to know about his argument with Heathcote. Well, uh, speaking for myself, I couldn't give two two monkeys about our, uh, our financial wrangles with hotel chain supplies and things like that. You know, that's the sort of thing that we, in previous times we would never have known about. And, and fair play to him for for getting it out there. But I wonder whether there's a certain part of the fan base that's just tired of, of the tired of being told what's going on behind the scenes. I'd rather see more. Uh, action on the pitch as opposed to action in the boardroom and, and elsewhere. Mm. Well, uh, I think it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I, mean, I, I think he he certainly has used uh, used those columns to kind of for his agenda. Um, you know, I, I think you can. You've always got to kind of try and balance out by looking at the other side of things whenever you do read them. And and, and you know, they are open to misinterpretation as well. Apparently, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I think it, there's a happy medium to be struck there for him, and, and I think he will have to say something, you know, as as the the owner, as the, the chairman of the football club in this international break, to indicate which ways he's, he's going to go. He can take a lot of the pressure off things because I think naturally over the next couple of weeks you're going to have to speculate about whether the manager stays on or not, um, or, or sort of how firm his grip is on that job. Um, but you know it, it could potentially be nipped in the bud fairly quickly if if Ken comes out and says no, listen, we you know we're, we're sticking with uh, Plan A. Mm. I mean, I know the last one featured a quote. Where it said something. Uh, I can't quote directly, but it says something like, um, "I want all speculation to end." You know about the manager's mm. position, um, and I think that was his, you know as close as you're going to get to that. And you know whether or not mm. his, his thoughts have changed on that since then. Given the uh, the outcome of the Swansea game, like you said, um, you know only he knows the answer to that. And um, you know, I mean, th- the fans for years have been asking for clarity, and I think Ken's the first time we've properly had something like that with such regular updates. And um, I think you know, at the Villa, during the Villa game, uh, Keith Andrews, as much as we don't particularly like him, had said had made a very good point, saying something like, you know, that there's certain situations that should be dealt with, you know, it, behind closed doors in in an, in an office. You know, as, as opposed to um, you know doing it online, but mm. uh, you know, it, it, I suppose it's good seeing what 
what is it what his thought process is but at the same time it's like well you should be dealing with that properly and then you know we get to find the outcome and you know if you're then happy to put your reasons out there then fair enough but um do you not do you not uh, do you not think though as well that the, the way we've seen how the pr side of things is obviously so important to him and getting his his opinions out there via these these um missives on the website that to now turn around and, and sack the manager after just a week or two weeks ago being so um, forthright in, in expecting that he's, he's not going to he's not going to do such a thing, just diminishes further his his standing in the eyes of the supporters. And so I'll be absolutely astonished if he sacks the guy, given what he said, you know, not on, not a fortnight ago, which seemed to be exact opposite of that. Mm. But the, the the strange thing is though, Chris, that even with those, now I sort of read that and I thought, oh well, fair play, you know, he's giving him he's giving him the back and he's trying to he's trying to end any sort of speculation here, yet. A good percentage of the responses I got when I said, you know, what you're reading to that people on Twitter were saying, oh well, he's given him till the international break. Um, look, they're ambiguous. Unfortunately, you know, without having sat there, looked in his eyes, and and done an interview with him, I can't really tell you what he meant. And and the other thing is with these notes is they they're not straight from the pen from the chairman. It's kind of from the pen from the chairman through the media department, and then sent back for corrections and changes and edits and, and sometimes I feel uh, messages can get lost or changed in translation. Chinese whispers going on. Exactly. So I, I do wonder sometimes whether what he means and what actually gets out there are, are always the right thing um, or, or, or sometimes whether or not some late edits to it, you know, change the meaning of some things. Possibly, mm. yeah, but I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure that what process it goes through either, but you know, it's a valid point. You know that we we don't know where it necessarily comes from, and you know how much of that is the original content. Um, I mean, obviously Ken's not a writer himself, but you know he comes across very well, um, and you know he's more than entitled to make the points that he does. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's just having a bit of a filter between you know knowing what what's put out there and what not to really. But um, yeah, it, it it's an odd one, I, I guess. Like. Chris said it, it does sort of fuel his agenda a little bit having that um, option to you know put put his point out there um, on a on a public level but um, well I'll tell you a story I mean you know he's, he's not here to defend himself unfortunately but Phil Gartside when he was kind of thinking about changing the manager mm. he would always bring you in and do a piece about the manager and and explain you know where he feels the club should be and. I remember it happening with uh, with Megson especially, and, and you kind of got this idea that he knew, you kind of knew he was the, the cogs were turning, and, and they, they were thinking about making that change. And obviously, Eddie had had that kind of word with him. Listen, we need to be doing better here. So you kind of it was it was almost a special event that he came out and he did an interview and he sat down and he made that sort of point. Mm. And I, maybe old fashioned that you expected to do that in a local newspaper, but at least you kind of knew where you stood there and you knew. He was making these points not because he kind of woke up that morning and thought, right, I need to get something out there. It was a planned, meticulous kind of thing, and, and that you knew that he'd have two or three more games to, to turn things around. Yeah. Um, I think it's unpredictable at the minute. I think you know, I, Chris says he's, he'd be surprised there if, if there'd be a, a, a change. I wouldn't because you know I, I do think public opinion comes into it. I think maybe. Uh, you know the level of criticism that's that's been aimed, and where it's being aimed uh, might come into it. Mm. Just maybe even the availability of, of an option might yeah. come into it. And 
we don't know what's going on behind there. I think there's there's no unpredictable quality about all this, and and I can tell you for sure that the people, including the manager, including the uh, the players, they don't know either. No, um, yeah, it, it, it's a good point you make. I mean, you know, he'd obviously done that um, that sit down interview before the Blackburn game, which we'll get into uh, onto in a sec. Um, and I'm like, like you said, I'm sure that you know, like outside did you know he had, he had a quiet word with the manager, and I know that well. You know, Lee at the least has a very close relationship with the manager. Um, it suggests that you know that there are you know private you know discussions going on as well as what we see. Um, so I think that is encouraging. But just going back to what you said, you know, Gareth was quite happy to sit down and do those interviews. And um, you know, I mean, I know he's not exactly open to to direct interviews, but that that one before the Rovers game was about as close as you were getting to that. And obviously, Mark, you reported on that. Live, um, did that come across in the same, or did right, did Ken rather come across in the same way it, during that as he does in his notes, or did, did you sort of see a different side to him in that? Um, well, for let's 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 be absolutely honest with that. It wasn't an interview. Yeah, well, no, it was a Q and A, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a Q and A. I mean, I, I I'm a little uh, skeptical about those Q and A's. First of all, it's actually a requirement. You have to have dialogue with your supporters as part of the football league yeah. rules. Um, now, for me, and uh, you know, I don't want to appear too critical here, but I think organising a Q and A with a few days' notice, a few, well, an hour before mm-hmm. kickoff, doesn't necessarily grant you the best chance of having a, a good number of, of supporters and a fair number of questions. Nor was the way it was structured, which was basically just that open mic and, you know, throw it out to the floor. Mm. Um, I think, you know, if you were to structure those questions and give fans a chance, like, you know, you've, you guys have thrown out a, a thing on Twitter today, you know, ask Marky's questions. Mm. And you'll get a fair you'll get a fair number of decent responses there, I'm sure. And not all of it will be particularly palatable for me, but... Um, I'll never see that by this stretch. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> But you know you'll get you'll get a fair number, and people will have at least had a chance to think about it. I think if you throw a microphone in the middle of a load of fans, you know some people can cope with it, some of them don't. Some of them trip over and start asking about the price of pies, and I don't think it's the best way of doing it. If I'm honest, mm. um, I would rather Ken, see something more structured. Ken Ken called um, myself and a couple of other people who run uh, Burned and Aces and Trotters blogging about when we played Crystal Palace in the FA Cup the other year. Um, mm. Apropos now, really, just came in and said, Yo, do you want to come and have a meeting and just have a chat and say hello and what have you? And then, yeah, I thought, brilliant, now, you know, get your free ticket for the game, happy days. And he sat us all around the table upstairs in the uh, in the stadium and said, right, lads, um, you ask me anything you want, you, go. And then that, that you know, to sort of think on your feet straight away mm-hmm. there and then, uh, any sort of question you can ask. And so I, I think it's, dead, it's dead, dead true what you've just said there in that uh, there's a time and a place and a way to ensure that any open dialogue with supporters is, is on your terms as much as possible and that's definitely the way that it's been played out so far mm. I mean it, it does and, and I think you said that well it does come across well and he, he, yeah. he you know he, he held the room there he had a bit of banter and such like there's nothing wrong with that no. that's great and it, you know I, I do I do think there's a time and a place for those sort of Q&A's and everything like that but I, I think it shouldn't at all uh, substitute the, the, the scrutiny of of the media mm-hmm. um, and I think on that occasion the fact that they've done that Q&A meant that we weren't granted any access as uh, as a local paper nor mm-hmm. BBC Radio Manchester either mm-hmm. um, I know Ken kind of 
after uh, after the Blackburn game a couple of days later did uh, did a piece with us. But I think there are. There are times where you know he, he, he's got to be selective with when uh, with when he uh, deals with the media. But yeah. I think from from a supporter's point of view, I would like to see that. I would like to see a genuine Q and A where fans get a chance to, to put their fact that put their their um, questions first, mm. and then the club you know they can filter through and do it do it properly and have a have a proper sit down and a proper pick of his brains. Because uh, yeah. you know, there's some very intelligent p- questions out there, and yeah, I don't think it always comes across in these Q and A's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was. Well, they it was... become an easy thing to, to defend against in that case, don't they? Because yes, people mock or mock them to say, "Well, look, we, he, he did he did this Q and A, and all he got asked about was how much pies are, or uh, yeah. you know, famous ones." We got said back in the day about when people get on the microphone and ask about if he's got an opinion on which way the, the team shoots in the first half or the, or the second half. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it can be completely reductive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was there was a lot of talk about ticket prices and and things like that, which I think you know does bear a lot of scrutiny. I think this is, is a very fair point to be made on the on the ticket prices at Wanderers, and and it's a it's an interesting argument um, as as far as what the way they set them and and the reasons why they can't reduce them. But actually, I felt that that one before the Blackburn got a little bit personal, a little bit bitty because. You know, people were sniping at each other. Ken was sniping back, and I don't think the real kind of discussion was actually ever made. Um, it all just got a little bit personal for a bit. Mm. So, yeah, I, I say I think I would like to. I would like to see a proper Q um, yeah. and A with with the chance for for everybody. And this goes for you guys as as kind of the bloggers and and you know supporters trust and uh, BWSA and, and all the relevant organisations that that follow around and and ourselves that matter. Mm. Sit down, do it properly, air it all, you know, hear hear his side, but also balance out and let's hear hear the the other people too. Yeah, I think definitely because obviously I think all of the parties included, you know, between the club and and, and the outsiders sort of, um, we haven't always seen eye to eye on certain levels, but it's, like you said, you know, if we manage to get some sort of a formal event together whereby, you know, some of those things, matters could be put to bed and, you know, relationships could be sort of built on um, as opposed to, you know, constant bickering you know indirectly um particularly from our part anyway not not so much i'm i'm implying you mark but um you know i think it is important to have that opportunity because like you said that blackburn one it was a little bit informal i believe it was cut short as well um and it's always not ideal obviously on a match day um when everyone wants to get a, a you know proper bit of pretty much, uh, atmosphere you know all people are just getting there for kickoff so you mean a beer don't you the yeah 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 that's exactly what i just got absolutely smashed um, but um yeah no it, it's it'd be better to have some sort of a midweek thing i think the, the closest thing that came to that really not necessarily the, the club but when the supporters trust first formed you know and, and they had those midweek q and a's and although they didn't last very long and it wasn't necessarily directly club related um, I feel it'd be pretty easy for, the, for them to arrange something like that um, and even if it was on a formal level where it was an invitation uh, invitation level or you know even just um, answering certain questions then I think that would definitely work but mm. it, it's just you different forms of communication well, actually, when, yeah. when the AGM happened they, they did a bit of a Q&A after that as well and, and obviously there's a certain type of person in the room at that point in time mm. and and I felt that the questions there, and I, I was thinking, oh, this is good. This, I, you know, this is <laughs> this is this is proper dialogue. Um, it, they only did it for a little bit, and it was it was quite impromptu. But yeah, I, I think there's, a, there's certainly scope for that. 
Yeah, definitely. It's just different forms of communication, I guess, isn't it? And, you know, it, it just makes a bit of a change from, you know, having the weekly blog, which, you know, I'm sure people are, you know, it, it divides opinion, which everyone full well knows, and, you know, some people are more tolerant of it than others. But, yeah, to, to have different options, I think, definitely would, um, would you know, potentially strengthen relationships as opposed to, to make them more toxic. Um mm. Christy, you give, have... give Jack Dearden give Jack Dearden something to do as well in the week, wouldn't it? Obviously these days yeah. in, uh, he can oh, come yeah. and crack on and, and get his, his oh, own thing. He's so he's so popular with. Uh, I, I think he did right. Well, I think it, um some sort of formal a formal do of that sort of thing. I wonder whether invitation only would work because obviously then you get those that aren't invited being moaning, yeah. negative and, and hostile towards those that, that somehow managed to to wangle one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sort of dialogue, I think, is essential. I think we've only maybe had half a dozen over the course of the last few years I know Coyle I think Coyle was the first one that ever did it and everyone came away from those meetings feeling like you know feeling like if he was a politician you'd vote for him tomorrow I appreciate that his personality perhaps is a bit more gregarious than than someone like Parkey um, but that's not to say that, that Parkinson wouldn't, wouldn't be benefiting from that sort of interaction with the fans because it's easy to say on the sidelines looking in that you know he's a, he's a quieter guy he's a bit you know more reserved and what have you but only because he doesn't put himself out there. And I don't know if Mark can allude to that at all. In obviously his dealings with him more than we've no, ever no. we've ever had seen on the sidelines. Whether whether we even know that much about the guy, you know, he seems like quite a, a, a fairly quiet and not that happy with the limelight kind of manager. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's not um, certainly. You saw the massive difference when Neil Lennon uh, passed on the torch as such, and you've kind of dealt with uh, with Lenny for twelve months, and it was rock and roll and. You know, every, everything he said was was basically a walking headline. Um, and and then you know, as you say, Phil Phil has had that calm and uh, kind of dignified way about him. Um, but I challenge anybody to talk football with Phil for Definitely. you know half an hour and not come out of it thinking, yeah, what a decent blow that is. Um, ge- genuinely, I think probably he could do. I was talking about Ken Anderson before with the kind of the Q and A, but actually, I think Phil could probably benefit benefit just as much from that kind of thing as uh, as anybody else. Whether or not it's something that football managers should necessarily do, mm. I'm not sure. But I, I do genuinely think when you speak to him and you speak about these kind of tactical issues that, that get raised, and he explains it to you and says, you know, well, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, and, and, mm. and I've sat in his office with. You know, shuffling around things on a tactics board and and showing kind of, <laughs> you know, why so and so didn't play well at the weekend or so and so did play well. Play oh, well, and it's interesting. So yeah, Sorry, Matt. I remember Coyle explaining once about why he brings everybody back for a corner, and I'd never thought of it in the way that Coyle explained it, and no one, I guess, would would sit back and think that Coyle was any sort of international tactical master, but. You know, these are the things that, that these is why these people are football managers, even the ones that we don't think are any good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, in any way sort of classically trained football wise so as a, a, a kind of a, a, job, a job in pub league player. So I, I never uh, even profess to see the game in the same way as they do. But the more you kind of spend around the game, the more you talk to people in, in the game and they explain these sort of things, you do start to see. A little bit more yourself, and I do think sometimes it, managers need to take the time to explain these things and and maybe put themselves out there a little bit more. It might be a good, good shout for Phil. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just going back to to Ken doing it, I think not only does it you know fulfill league criteria in terms of having to do, it, but it 
like it would with the manager, you know, it, it allows him to explain himself because I think, you know, like that Q and A probably proved, you know, the people who are a little bit more spiteful on social media. I, I know it's the typical, you know, go on, go on, say it to his face sort of thing. I think it sort of settles the mood, and and like I said, you, you you get more of an understanding about why certain things are, you know, why decisions are made, and you know, like you were saying with Parky, I think it'd be excellent just to to see what that's like. So like you said, he is quite reserved, and luckily, I, I would, you know, I, I was very lucky to, to have the opportunity to 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 be present for an interview that he did post match, and you know, I thought everything that he said was really well thought through, and you could tell that. Everything was reasoned, and it you know it, it'd be great to sort of get an insight into that in in, in some fashion, uh, because you know I th- I think like you said Mark I think uh, people would do very well to to challenge him on uh, on his decisions. I mean I've always said that I I, I never really question his decisions because I always think he must know what he's doing. You know he, I rely on him knowing that that's the best option for us, and I think he probably knows better than anyone at this present time um, that that's the way forward and. You know, and it like you said, it doesn't have to happen for managers, but I think it'd um, improve relationships again between supporters and and club if we were able to to arrange something like that. Part of it comes from from what I was mentioned before about this being the you know the world's most polite mutiny, and that though, though though there are a lot of people who obviously want change, I think most of us would probably all agree if it all came down to we'd rather not. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a last it's a last resort kind of thing because everybody. Everybody appreciates and everybody understands Parkinson's abilities and what he's brought to the club. And I'm sure if we chose to bid him off, that he won't be out of work for too long. Um, no, so it's really, it's really, it's really a difficult one because I, I'm sure the willingness to change is nothing. It's not born out of any sort of personal dislike, like it's been with managers in the past. It's been more uh, uh, brought upon us, I guess, out of sort of necessity almost, given the the run that we're on. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I we're just talking there. Don't don't about not questioning his uh, his judgment. I think we can have opinions, and I, I think you can you can kind of point at areas where you know he's not done himself too many favors. You, you'd have to say the style of football has been tough to watch at times, uh, and you'd have to say that you know I think the, the business that was done transfer business that was done in the in the summer has yet to pay off i don't think you can really say that too many of the signings that were made and there were a lot of them have really shone mm. um so you know maybe that's a stick to beat him with um but you know could somebody have done better with the money they've had it's it's, 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 it's a very difficult question to answer isn't it yeah I mean that's the other area for change you know that's a possibility and I was going to mention this you know we were getting onto the topic anyway um, about you know where we look in January in terms of you know changing the squad as opposed to you know the hierarchy because uh, that's certainly an option and where you say you know my, you know players could have done better than you know than what they were expected mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. you know particularly the one or two who've come in on short term loans you know I'm not naming names but it's just um, I think there's definitely areas for improvement, and you know if if we can show that we're willing to go out there and fight, and I know that we've not always got the finances, and I know a lot of people blame that, but all we need is just that one natural goal scorer, and I know Lafondre's the one that got away, but anyone like him, I know we were sniffing around Nugent in summer, but just someone like that who can, who, can, who knows where the ball is, it knows where the goal is, and can, can stick it in on a moment's notice is is priceless, isn't it really? Yeah, I mean, let's just let's just be honest with Alfie. He wanted to go. Yeah, we were never going to stop him. No, yeah. You're not. You're not. Um, you know. I, yes, maybe. I suppose if he would have been playing every single week, 
um, then, you know, the things might have been different. Um, but I don't think that was ever going to happen either in, in, in the way that, uh, that Phil Parkinson set up. So there was no kind of, oh, well, but, but we need him type of thing. He wanted mm-hmm. to go. And I don't think, you know, I like Alfie and he knows that, but I don't think I'd like a, an unhappy Adam LaFondre in my team, no. in my in my dressing room, because you know he he wouldn't be he wouldn't be uh, a pleasure to deal with. No. Um, I'm dead glad he's doing well in Australia. I think he'll do fantastic there. He'll score loads of goals and they'll love him, um, just as Bolton fans did when he was scoring loads of goals here. Um, but as far as as far as the strikers go, I mean that's that's really I suppose where where he, he kind of win or lose. He's, he's, he spent money on McGuinness, spent money on Deutsch, um and brought Donaldson in. And, you know, I mean, McGuinness and Deutsch were on the bench at the weekend. Mm-hmm. He spent a fair amount of money on Wiltshut on the loan, and he was nowhere to be seen. Um, so in that sense, I don't think he's done himself a lot of favours recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he's almost having to revert back to the players that, you know that he, he trusted beforehand. Mm. Um, I mean, we previously argued that you know perhaps we don't know our best eleven, and I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's just like I'm not saying the team selections a punt every week, but it's. I mean, I'm sure to some people it does look like that, but it's you know it must have method behind behind the madness in a way. Um, you know, bringing eight changes at a time. You know, there, there must be some sort of you know basis for that. You know, whether it's what he's seeing in training or or anything else like that. You know. It, he must think that there's a there's a solution somewhere along the line, and we just haven't found it yet. Yeah, I think they they do look at numbers, and and he does rely quite heavily on his his medical staff, telling him where players are and whether they can handle that that kind of second or third game in a week and that mm. kind of thing. But I think Phil freely admits that you know the changes haven't exactly helped. Um, I do think. Probably too many. I do think mm. that has had an effect on the form. Um, in hindsight, spent... do you think possibly signings could have been different, or you know, without the, the, the sort of pressure to to get a deal over the line, particularly on deadline day, um, you know, things might have been different, or we might have sat back and just gone, actually, you know, we're we're all right for numbers, even though we were panicking for such a long time. Well, it doesn't watching, help. I was watching Fulham today, sorry lads. I was watching them and Nate. I think they're maybe guilty of something similar in that they, brought, they thought that they couldn't compete with what they had, so they brought in 15 new players at £100 million and they've got to try and assimilate them all in the squad. And it's very difficult for Wanderers, I think, comparatively, to find any sort of continuity or for people to develop partnerships when they're managing chops and changes seemingly on a, on a bit of a whim. You know, I'm sure there are scientific numbers behind the reasons why Deutsch can score against Rotherham and then not start the next game from the pit, you know, other than being on the bench. Uh, but as a supporter, Mark, it's a, it is a little bit head-scratching to see this constant chopping and changing. Um, as an example, on, on Saturday, we to being, being dropped. I understand there's probably a, a decision to be made in terms of the movement of the opposition centre-forward that he's going to be facing. But it does, on occasion, appear to be a little bit arbitrary. No, I'd agree with you, Chris. I, I, you know, sometimes we sit there scratching our head. We too was a good example. I mean, the best I can really offer is that they, they, were, they were looking at McBurney in the way that you know, he's, he's better in the air, perhaps, and, and a bit taller, rangier, and maybe he, he kind of exploits that side a little bit more, and, and a left-sided centre-half would have been better um, than them playing the two right-sided ones. Wheater also, I think, by his own admission, uh, didn't have the best game at Villa, um, mm. so maybe that came into it as well. Um, but, he, he was challenged you know, for the... 
Sorry, go on, Mark. Oh, you, yeah, I was talking about the, the kind of the Abram sort of role for the first goal, really, with that one. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's science behind it, but I do think if we've been ultra critical of, of Phil, maybe he overthinks things. I, I do think that the first tendency is to, to try and match up with your opponent and, and trying to kind of nullify and and how much that's got to do with the fact, you know, Ari's play is good enough to really say, right, well, we're going to play this way. You've got to, you've got to try and try and you've got to try and uh, do that to us. You've got to try and nullify us. You know, has, has the investment been there to be able to buy that sort of player? I'm not really that sure. Um, you know, I can understand from a kind of a supporter's point of view that you'd want to see your team on the front foot and trying to attack more. But, you know, from from Phil's point of view, and I think it is a natural sort of conservatism type thing, I, I think he, he looks to, to make sure that it's built from the back and to, that you're not conceding and not going, you know, shipping four, five, six and, and getting beat four, five, six. You know, if you're going to get beat, then at least keep it close. Mm-hmm. I think some managers are better off scrapping and scrimping and saving a little bit. Um, you know, I, 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 we don't have much experience of Parkinson with spending money. Big or, or little money, you know, whichever way you want to categorise that. But just, I sometimes wonder whether certain managers prefer the kind of the nature of the wheeling and dealing at the lower end of, end of the, the shopping list as opposed to spending more money. Do you think there's any truth in that? Because I know the likes of Allardyce, when he's had money, you, you, you know, his, his purchases have often been questioned in the past. And mm. when he's down at the bottom scrambling and, and looking for a bargain, then sometimes that's where I think some managers can, can do the best work. Yeah, I mean, then maybe there's a bit in that. I mean, you. you got to think that they wanted to spend on a striker in the in the in the summer um and the number one target regardless of what anybody says was charlie white they wanted charlie white um and that didn't happen they didn't get that deal done um for one reason or other i know the injury they had kind of complicated matters etc etc so then i think joe garner was was possibly the, the the next kind of one down and then the, the sort of the feelers were out for the, the lad at Blackpool and um, was it Blackpool? No, where MK Dons rather, and uh, and then the two they did get him McGuinness, and, uh, and I think they were always very confident they'd get McGuinness, uh, but Doidge obviously on on deadline day. Well, did they get the first choice in all that? You know, did, did they did they get a good deal? Because it was deadline day, I'm not I'm not 100 sure. Um, you know, Parkinson wasn't the one that was was haggling over the numbers. That that was fell down to, to Ken Anderson. He just highlighted the players that he wanted. Yeah. I um, mean, Mark, you probably know more than this about anyone, but you know, obviously with the Alfie departure, whether the staff knew about that previously and that potentially influenced their activity on deadline day. You know, in terms no. of they didn't know whether or not to. So they they didn't know about that, so no, it, it, no, it wouldn't have influenced that, that, that the, the incomings. Well, well afterwards, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I think Phil said that you know he wished he did know that they were going to yeah do that, and they, they would have been able to perhaps use that money in a different way mm. um, before the deadline. So maybe that didn't help in the timing of that. Mm. Um, yeah, possibly. Uh, but then again, it's not as if. Sort of Alfie was was necessarily first choice striker either. Really, I think he, mm. he kind of looked at, at making sure that uh, Doidge and and, uh, and McGuinness were going to be his, his number ones, and Donaldson was going to be the one that sort of filled in. I think Donaldson's ended up kind of switching that role recently, and he's done a, a half decent job. But then you're looking at a 34 year old striker yeah. who's 
done the rounds, being your being your number one throughout front, and that kind of puts Bolton into perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think we're just. I think we've sort of just ignored the the age issue because obviously we got rid of Carl Henry under whatever circumstances at the end of last season, and obviously we've seen backlash from that since. But we won't go into that. Um, but obviously, you know, we then brought in. Uh, Dyer, you know, is he th- 36, 37, something like that? Um, and then, like you said, Don- Donaldson as well. So, um, you know, whether whether or not that was even thought about, or whether it was just let's just see who's free, or you know that they-, they could work. It's it's what I mean. Stephen Allen's another option, and we haven't even seen anything from him yet. So, um, I'm hoping that he comes good too. Um, and it, like you said, it does put it into perspective. Just you know how. We are just relying on 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 these sort of golden oldies to, to do us a favours, and you know I think I, I mentioned Nugent in the past. I'm a huge fan of him, and I just think that he'd be, you know, perfect. And I I mean before we got Doge, I was hoping that um, it'd be a McGuinness Alf partnership up front, but obviously since that, you know, Dawson's got a good work rate. I think McGuinness is arguably better, um, but I think you just got to keep changing the partnership just to see what works but I I have a, a theory that four four two is our best formation um, and it just keeps you know someone playing off another up front with you know a, a solid defence as well because we seem to always struggle with three at the back and it, it it's difficult knowing the answer because as much as they don't know our best eleven, neither do I you know I, I'm, I'm none the wiser on that but um yeah, I, I mean, do, do you know where we look next in terms of what... I mean, you, could you tell me, you know, what the closest you'd get to predicting the next starting eleven? Because I don't think I could. <laughs> no, I mean, you'd have, you'd have a million different answers out there if you asked that question. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think, for, for example, I think Mark Little's been extremely unlucky. Yeah, um, I think I would have him back in the team. I, I think Pavel Olkowski's looking tired. I don't think he's played... As well, no. Um, in the last I mean, he started really well, didn't he? But... Break. Mm. Oh, he's brilliant, brilliant start, and I think he's a very good player. But I think just as McGinnis a couple of weeks ago, I thought, Do you know what, you you look mm. a little bit tired, and they took him out at that point in mm. time. I think Pavel's on that that sort of level at the minute. Mm. Um, I mean, the first chemistry link that I can possibly think of, which might be a starting point, is Amiobi and Little actually worked really well together last year. And I think point. possibly starting those two down the right could could definitely you know be. I think you're dead right. I think you're dead right. I missed the first two or three games because I was away this season, mm-hmm. and I came back to, to messages from all sorts of people saying, "Oh, you should see this new centre forward and this new right back we've got. They're absolutely fantastic." And obviously, coming in to see them then play five or six weeks into the season, it's a very different story, isn't it? When the mm-hmm. when, you know early season fatigue starts to kick in, and, and the reality is a bit different than, than what your expectation is. As good players as they both are. I think I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that, that that one or both has needed or could do with just a, just a couple Arrest. of weeks off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, left sides. I, I think I, I, Taylor's had a couple of decent games recently for me, but um, you know he's not not a wing back. Dyer hasn't kind of shown too much since he's been in. Grounds has obviously struggled badly for confidence as well. So that left side is is obviously um, an area of concern. Um, I think you know on the on the sort of attacking side as well. You know, Will Buckley's been so so, not really done much. Jan Will Wiltshire has really, I mean, he's really disappointed now. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I thought he was going to be a fantastic signing. That's a good good pedigree, sort of explosive pace you, that 
but Bolton had lacked last season. Um, but just it's just been so sort of hit and miss, mostly miss. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, he's got got to find some way of getting something out of him before uh, before the new year, or else otherwise that might be one of the sort of things that they look to change. I think you'd have to think that there's money to be saved there, wouldn't you? If things carry yeah. on the way they are. Yeah, so. definitely. Right, shall we brave the Twitter questions? Do we think? Right away. Let's do it. Uh, <clears throat> right, we'll try and find a bit of a filter in this and see what um, realistically is, you know, um, acceptable content. Shall we say? Um, general opinion on. Josh Villa and um, has he been unlucky not to play as much? That's from Ian Lucas. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think he's he's struggled a little bit in the last. Um, what are we talking about? Sort of six, eight months or so. I think since he moved back into midfield, um, hasn't quite found himself as a number ten. Hasn't quite found himself as a midfielder. Not as a right wing back. Um, he's just struggling to find that sort of place in the team, hasn't he, Josh? Mm. Uh, I do I wonder, in my heart, whether or not Josh feels like he he wants out. Possibly. No, no. I would say, you know, I don't think he's sitting there stamping his feet and saying I want out. But maybe he's seeing how his teammates have moved on, and, and maybe he does feel like maybe yeah, a change would be good for him. Mm. Um, I think I he, he, we've playing. included him in the squad because he's a homegrown player, isn't he? And, I don't, yeah. I don't want him to just be sat there for the sake of him fulfilling that that criteria, but um, you know I think like you said that there's potential for him, you know, broadening his horizons because you know as much as he, he you know, he's number one Bolton fan almost, you know, he, he expressed his his love for his back in summer during those wild celebrations, but um, like I said, <laughs> perhaps it perhaps it is time to. To look out he's in the last year of his contract as well, isn't he? So he's he never, is. He's never going to be any more valuable than he'll be in January. So if we're going to cut loose, then I, you know, I understand there's a an element of of playing the game with p- picking a homegrown player in the squad. Um, but money talks, doesn't it, when it comes to something like that? But I, at the same time, I, like Mark says, I think he's struggled for the longest part. I don't think he's, he's you know he's had a particularly brilliant game since we left League One. You know, he's, he's been he's had games and patches mm-hmm. where he's been excellent, but not. To the extent he was where we were in in, in the lower division, um, yeah. but you wonder who would who would come for him and who's got who's got the sort of money that would tempt Wanderers and, and tempt Vela. Um, I, I certainly doubt that you would be looking at the sort of derbies and leads of this world. You know, maybe more the more the Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesdays, perhaps people around our level. I don't know. I, I think he's got the tools to be a very good player. He's still got you know time to develop into a good player at this level, but. I just think maybe the motivation's just tailed off for one re- for whatever reason, whether it's just because he's not getting that regular game or he doesn't feel that he's the main man that he maybe ha- was in League One. Um, I don't know, but I I I, I want to see him do well. I like Josh; he's he's, he's a decent lad. Um, and whether that's at Bolton or away from Bolton, I'm not sure at the moment. But I would like to, uh, it, you know, you want to see your, your homegrown players doing well in the team, don't you? You want just that sort of hint that there is that continuity from the 23s and that you can create players that can go on and play in your first team because steadily from having a fair few that were knocking on the door, you know, Josh is the last one standing again, isn't he? And uh, uh, that's 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 a bit of a shame, really. Yeah. Um, Pete McCarthy asks, would Brownie be a realistic uh 
option to replace Parkinson should he leave. Would who? Brownie. For Brownie? Yeah. Bill Brown? Mm. Oh, right. Um, well, Brownie would probably jog you <laughs> to do this job. <laughs> um, and, and probably uh, carry Neil, Neil McDonald on his back as well, I would He imagine. said McDonald uh, as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've just left Swindon, haven't they? So, uh, I mean, I love, love Brownie to bits, um, but whether or not that uh, that is a, an option anymore, I'm, I'm not 100%. I think that ship's probably sailed in terms of his desirability for us. I think it's been a, a good few year, a good few years since he had his any sort of, you know, modicum of success. I would think that that, that one's a that will be low on my list of, of preferred choices. Yeah, I, hey, I'm, I'm not, I, I think you know if you're making a managerial change at this moment in time, and again I'll say for the record, I don't think they should. But uh, if you're doing that, you know you're going to have to find somebody to lift the place up, and you know whether Brownie's stock is high enough to be able to do that. Certainly got the personality for it. He's, you know, and he's, he's obviously got the, the club's DNA at heart. Um, but whether or not uh, fans would see that as a, a progressive step, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, we've had another one about Villa. It's pretty much the same one. Um, I won't repeat it, but... Um, yeah, those of you that was have it, asked... Was it from Josh Villa, by the way? <laughs> Um, if if we don't answer your questions it's just because we've either already answered them or um, perhaps wouldn't be right to air them Um, we've had one from someone called Ben he hasn't he doesn't have a last name on Twitter apparently Uh, he's asked what is Lloyd Dyer's real age I think he's 36 Mm. nobody nobody probably Tongue in cheek there for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Is it some running Twitter joke that I don't get? I don't know. Possibly. I think I... it's gone over my head anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, next one's a little bit more serious from Connor Vickers. He's asked Does Mark know anything about the interested parties that Ken has previously spoken about? Oh, um, no. No. There you go. <laughs> Straight to answer. No, no, seriously, I. I... There are, there are, and I've, you know, I've, I've been privy to a number of conversations that, you know, that there yeah. are people who have inquired and got to the, the, the point of, of sort of speaking to Ken and talking numbers with Ken. Um, but when Ken came out with the, um, I think it was the US and the Asian one, none of the people that I'd ever dealt with were involved at that point in time. So they were like, new to the table as far as I was concerned mm. um, you know I mean there's been various kind of rumours about local consortia recently and I think there's something in that I think there's certainly there's something going on um, but I don't think we're anywhere near yet no in the heart of hearts I'd love to be proved wrong on that I'd love to you know for, for somebody to pick up a phone tomorrow and say yeah well actually I've just had a, an offer um, accepted and if anybody's listening to this uh, podcast and uh, fancies giving me a call then please do but uh, uh, no at the moment um, all the all the parties and there have been a load that have kind of come through and said that they fancy you know, some wanderers and then something's happened or they've, they've you know fallen out with Ken or whatever it might be whatever excuse there has been nobody at the minute seems to be active yeah fair enough um Phil Parker has said uh, the much-respected Alan Gowling stated yesterday that he didn't think certain players had put in a shift and to be honest there was times in the last 20 minutes where there was a distinct lack of urgency 
and not for the first time. Who's, if any, door do we nail that to? Mm. Um, first of all, we've christened uh, Alan Gowling Ali G now, so you're not allowed to refer to him with anything other than Ali G. <laughs> Ali G, of course. He doesn't know who Ali G is either, which is fantastic. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought there was a lack of urgency in the last 20 minutes. I think that's what Alan was getting at the other day. Mm. Um, you know, we seem to have just got back into the, the game and, and uh, Sammy had missed that chance, didn't he? The, 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 sort of the one on the turn at the far post. Um I fancied them for an equaliser at that point. They, were, they seemed to be on top. They were, they were got Swansea pushed right back. But then, for some reason, when the substitutions came on and they, they got three strikers on, there was nothing there. It, it all seemed rather aimless, didn't it? And you know, people started moaning and groaning at the misplaced passes, and there were people pointing, and the body language didn't look great. And that, you know, that for me is a bit of a concern. And um, you know, I think you've got to. You've got to say you've got to point at the players. I don't think there's a great deal that Phil Parkinson can do when he's actually stood there on the touchline. But from having gone from that position where you thought they were going to go and get an equaliser to Swansea, uh, uh, you know, against Swansea, to you know, almost putting themselves out of the game by you know just losing their their control after that mischance, how are you supposed to blame the manager at that point in time? It it seems uh, seems daft, but. Mm. Um, he will get the blame because ultimately managers get the blame, don't they? And, and, mm, I yeah. thought he played quite well, to be honest. I mean, all yeah, things yeah. You know, given the given the run we've been on, I certainly don't think it was a disastrous performance by any stretch of the imagination. It was just, as I said to Will then before we started recording, it was just all too predictable. With it from, you know, did they could have all the position they wanted to, but I, I think they'd probably struggled to score. Had they still been playing right now? Um, mm. And that's what and that's what's that's concerning from my point of view. It's certainly not the manner which we're playing, and I think. Parkinson, you could probably even have a debate about whether he's actually getting the best out of what he's got. Um, and that is where your consideration comes in, I think, with your next guy who's to come in as to whether you think he could eke out another few percent from, from what little the, the pool we've got to work on. Mm. The, the interesting thing is, I mean, if you look look down that squad there of, of what Phil's working with and people saying he should be doing better and, and, and what that, well, how many of those players on there have, have done exactly. better? Exactly. Anyway. We're, we're, we're we're 100% are where we should be, and like I said earlier on, finishing 21st is all well and good, but there's a there's hell of a lot of graft and struggle in there, and the people that come at, that are playing for us at this minute in time, that you know, there's not a queue of people beating down Ken's door to buy any of them, and I'm sure, largely speaking, it wasn't that that was the case when it came to us picking them up as well in the summer. We're dealing with the castoffs and the you know the the, the journeyman in the, in the case of someone like Donaldson. Mm. Um, this is what we are. This is this is our reality, and I think that that, that gets missed from time to time. Mm. It definitely does. I mean, there's no question that you know they they up the budget a bit from where it was last season, and that you know that Phil was able to have a little bit more of a, a you know a go at the players that he wanted from the the freebies and the loans in in the summer. Um, and you can, as I mentioned earlier, you can make the point that if you know, has he spent the little money he did get wisely? Has you know, have the signings come off? Have have the big name signings come off? The Will Schutz and the even kind of Jason Lowe's or the Olkowski's or the uh, you know the Williams etc. Um, you know, have they been successful signings? Um, there's an argument to be made that not all of them have. Um, but you know, I think when you look at the, the net value of the squad, it's still under a million quid. For, for absolutely every single one of them. 
Um, and I don't think there's any other team in the championship with with something like that. So uh, you've got to there's got to be a logical a bit of logic. It's okay to get emotional about it and say you know a fresh voice would do better. Or but you, you've got to be a little bit more logical and just look at the the, the stuff he's working with. I think that's where the where for at least for me the, the shouts for someone like David Lee to take over fall flat on the face. I mean if he was managing or had a CV where he'd managed. Uh, uh, a higher level than the lowest possible level you can manage under 23, then it would it would carry a lot more weight. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, I, I've always I've been said banging the drum for someone like, uh, not someone like, exactly like Neil Warnock for years and years and years. You know, that's the sort of roll your sleeves up, get down, get back down to basics kind of thing, almost like a kind of Parkinson with a voice turned up to 12 kind of uh, mm-hmm. approach. Um, mm-hmm. but between him and someone like Nigel Pearson, I, I don't think there's really that many obvious candidates even out there no i mean we, we had a, a little discussion in the in the press room afterwards and we're all kind of looking at each other and saying you know what's what, what's going to happen here and and i don't think any of us could really come up with any sort of viable alternative you know and again i'll say i don't think they, they should remove phil parks from this job um i've got an in, i've got sort of an inkling that it won't i, I feel feel that it might, you know, that, that, that Ken might well just uh, sit there and, and think, you know, is there a better option out there? He's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a canny bloke. I'm sure he's, he's got his eyes out and seeing if there is somebody out there. Um, but there's nobody that there's, that leaps out from me. I think you mentioned David Lee there. It'd be a big gamble. You know, he's not got any experience at first team level. I know he wants it. I think, you know, he's, he's hungry for that. Um, and there's no question that you know if you were to appoint somebody of his stature in, in the eyes of Bolton fans, that there'd be a um, a lovely kind of uh, nostalgic kind of wave that might well, you know, provide. We've made that mistake before, though, haven't we? But, well, yeah, that's that's true. Um, that's true. I suppose you're talking about Coyley. Um, I mean, his stock was sky high, wasn't it, when he came in from Burnley? And you know, he he, he was kind of the golden boy, wasn't he, uh, at that point in time? Um, and you know, I, I was having this debate with somebody in the press room yesterday. Actually, you know, you know uh, the the points, the, the the bits of bad luck that he couldn't do anything about. You know, had they not that happened to him, w- would it have been a different story? Would results have just masked over any of the the kind of the shortcomings they had? But um, who knows? Who knows? But uh, I don't know. I, I I genuinely, hand on heart, can't tell you a better alternative right now that I could sort of nail my colours to the mast and say, yes, well, that's the way that they should be doing. And I don't think by the, the reaction from the fans over the last few weeks uh, that anybody has, has agreed on a, a universal kind of different approach. Yeah. Um, I think we've got one for you here, Chris. Well, I'm not sure who it's for. It's one of those that the club would usually go. I think this one's for BWFC tickets. He's put. I'm sure he's got confused. Uh, he's put. Good evening. I, I'm planning to go to the Millwall game. Train tickets purchased. Do you think we will play them again in League One? And where is the team that we played at Westrom? <laughs> I'm. Say I, that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, good evening. I'm planning to go to the Millwall game, and I bought train tickets. Do you think we will play them again in League One? And where is the team that played West Brom? Um, I think the team that played West Brom is probably um, still thinking about that afternoon now. 
what was different between then and now. <laughs> and as for us playing Millwall again in League One, I think the way that they're managed and the way that they spend money compared to us, it's probably unlikely that we're going to be facing them in League One anytime soon. But I appreciate your politeness in saying good evening as well. That's, that's mm. great. Good evening to you, Chris. Gregory. I'll see you on the train on the way down there, by the way, because me, me, <laughs> me and Jack Dearden are travelling down there on the train. That should be fun. You'll be Do you still have company. the adventures in, in, in looking for Greasy Spoon Cafes for Jack? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got one. He's already pinpointed one that he fancies in uh, Southern. I wondered if he had, if he had a book. Bermondsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some sort of guide. That's, that's it. The, the problem with Jack at the minute, he's obsessed with magic tricks. <laughs> oh, God, it's a, lo- it's a long, long train journey that feigning an interest in those bloody magic tricks. So, <laughs> so does my seven, so does my seven-year-old. You can tell him exactly the same. <laughs> I had the pleasure of uh, sitting with Jack whilst I had lunch uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, great Sorry. character. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, yeah, you gotta love Jack. Um, I don't think, unfortunately, Richard Stillian, we can answer your question. Um, Andy Platt has said well we've sort of previously discussed this do you honestly see how we get out of this do I as in how yeah I, I, I do think if he gets if you get a win get a cup you know I, I think it's a better squad I, I genuinely think it's a better squad I think uh, reading Ken's programme notes actually at the weekend and he, he made a point about having not played teams at home and uh, certain teams at home in the in the bottom twelve, I think it was, and um, there are games there. You sort of look how the season maps out, and you know you, if you pick out the ones that are must wins, then yeah, there's there's plenty of time to to turn it round. It's it's only yeah, we're only seventeen, so nearly a third of the season gone. Um, but you do wonder. How quickly it's going to have to happen. I think before Christmas, it would have to happen before Christmas. You don't want to be stuck <coughs> down there in the bottom three again mm. and facing uh, facing yes. another uphill struggle. You've got to give fans a little bit of hope somewhere, um, mm. and, and it's, it's well overdue at the moment. Mm. I think the Wigan game, the Wigan game looms yeah. large on the on the horizon for me. I think losing to Black losing to Blackburn's one thing, um, being down the bottom of the league, but being down the bottom of the league and losing at home to Wigan is perhaps something that might become a little bit that might be the final straw for some I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that but I, I just think it looms very large on the horizon that one you've got Millwall and you've got Wigan haven't you there two two games I think the next two huge games yeah. massive massive games and um, you know I do hope Phil Parkinson's in charge and, and gets a chance to, to go down there and <coughs> decent record at Millwall actually um, you mm-hmm. know got some decent results down there um, and then Wigan as you say we're, I'm not too sure how many away fans is going to be on a on, on that one at the moment. Uh, the way my they're... gaffer, for, my gaffer from work and his two kids, so I can think of three at least that I desperately do not want to lose to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big game. I, I mean, it's it's one of those like you say the the, the Blackburn game hurt enough, but I just think this uh, is that kind of petty rivalry. I think with uh, with Wigan fans, um, that's developed over the last ten years. As always, a fairly new derby, isn't it? Really for for Bolton, but I think it's started to become the the more important one of the two, I think. I would, I would agree. They were a right set of bastards, that lot. Fair <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Right. Next question. Um, we've got about ten, which all say the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we can really come across them. Um, Mark, do you have a number one candidate? Um, should there be a managerial change or a favourite? Uh, 
I genuinely couldn't come up with somebody that, that could do the job that Phil Parkinson could now. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't, I don't, I mean, it, it, we, you're kind of mentioning people from within and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. I, I just don't see anybody who's going to have the experience that he's got and Steve Parkinson's got as well mm. uh, and Julian Darby as well, um, you know, in that kind of first team structure who can come in, know the players as well, operate in the extreme circumstances that he does and handle it in the same way. I think mm. people have mentioned Mick McCarthy to me. Now, you know, in, in my kind of heart of hearts, I would love to have worked with Mick McCarthy. Um, I thought I was going to get the chance a few years ago when um, Dougie Friedman got the job and uh, Mick McCarthy got interviewed for the Bolton job. Um, and Terry Connery's number two at the time was in Manchester looking for a flat. You know, they, mm. they were that close to it. They thought they'd got the job. Um, and, I, you know, I've, I've always watched him and so I, I do, I would love to have had the chance to work with him. But can you imagine what Mick McCarthy would make of some of the um, hijinks, let's put it that way, that's gone on at Bolton in the last 12, 18 months? Could you imagine you what he'd make of us? Do you think there's something to be said for for Ken maybe having the opinion that who better to get us out of League One, potentially, than the guy that got us out of League One? Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, what... That why, that why change? You know, Parky has shown that he can, he can pull the rabbit out of the hat one way or the other in the Championship, so... I don't know, think he's got that one back in view, Chris, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think okay. Ken is out there looking two years down the line. I think, you know, I think he's, he's quite open and honest in the fact that he's, he's, he's looking for investment, he's looking for a buyer... Um, and he's he's certainly entertained plenty of people on that front. Um, I don't. I would I would be very very surprised if he's thinking. Well, yeah, we'll we'll start planning for League One now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I I think he's certainly not stupid enough to uh, to, to you know fire off a manager without having a plan B, without knowing where he's going to go. So um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um... This one again, we've sort of madly discussed. Um, would you trust Parkinson if given twenty slash thirty million to spend? Can't blame me. <laughs> um, I'd be in the pub with him. I never tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I know Chris had sort of said, "Well, you, you know, obviously it, it's you know it massively holds us back the fact that you know we can't really see uh, what Parkinson did, you know, or the full potential that he possibly has, you know, given." You know, unlimited amounts of cash, but um, I think I certainly would. Um, the, the thing is, though, I mean, you know, you look at the team at the moment, and there are a lot of experienced players. And I don't know whether anybody caught that uh, Sam Allardyce interview um, on BT Sports. Mm, uh, that was really interesting. That really it was, it was. It was very, very good. And he was talking about kind of identifying players. You know, the the next person who's going to go and inherit the next position and such like and and having that long-term strategy of two three years down the line Phil Pax has never had anything like that chance because it's we've not just yeah. been year to year it's been kind of window to window hasn't it um that's and, the benefit and, of having that long-term security isn't it both yeah. of of the manager and of the owner that, that those, I think those days have gone at Wanderers at least for the the immediate short term yeah and it's just a shame I do think it's a shame for Phil that he's not had that benefit to say you know right okay well we'll, we'll bring this bloke in now and then two years down the line we know we'll have this guy coming through into you know his, yeah. his years as well it's, it's been and I think that right falls back, 
I think that definitely calls back to the, the they were talking about the progression of the youth team players as well because the the here and now is far more important than what's to come tomorrow that we don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's two or three lads there in that twenty threes that I think have got a chance. But whether they're going to get a chance at Bolton because of the the kind of dire emergencies that they seem to be in on a, a perpetual basis, um, you know, it's it's a very very difficult environment to go and pitch a, a young lad like let's say Politic in. Um, you know, he's 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 gone. And I, you know, I think he's doing quite well at Salford as well. So it'll be great to see him when he comes back, how far he's he's evolved in that kind of man's football. But I still don't think he'll be at a level where he'll be able to pitch him into the championship in, at, the, at the bottom end of the table. Um, so you know, it's it's to their detriment, really, those younger players that that, that this kind of short term view is unfortunately just the fact of life at Bolton. Mm. Um, Tom Jenkins, our very own, um, has also asked you a question. He said, does Mark think the Wanderers' feelings are down to the players letting Parky down or that his tactics restrict their ability? Uh, I think there's a bit of both. There's got to be a bit more. I'm not a massive fan of just pointing at a manager and saying, you know, it's, it's, it's all your fault because, you know, I don't think there's many players... Um, who can hand on heart say they've been playing into form recently, or or, or giving their not saying giving their best because I don't think effort's been a problem, but they've not been playing well. You know, I think key players have dropped form in the last few weeks, in the last you know since September. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned Olkowski before. I think he's gone off the boil. Uh, I think you know Parky can be potentially um, implicated in the fact that he hasn't named a settled team. Um, but the reason he's not naming the settled team is that nobody's really holding on to the shirt for him. You know, I don't think he can say, right, well, you're definitely you're you're definitely the number one in that position to many of his players. Um, Anik, yes, obviously. Uh, I think he, you know, Williams and Lowe. I think I, 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 Williams has got a lot of unfair criticism for me um, recently. That was going to be my question to you, yeah, because I... I I I change my mind on him from game to game. I'll be curious to know what your overriding opinion is of the guy. I like him. I, I genuinely like him. I like the fact that he, he's 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 compact with the ball. He doesn't give the ball away. Um, he's he's got a bit of needle about him. He's 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 not afraid to to put himself around a little bit. He's still a young lad. Um, but but most of all, he's 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 fairly positive on the ball as well. He will look to kind of move on and and take a few strides and. And try and play a pass. He played two fantastic balls on in the first half on on Saturday, um, and I'd like to see more of that from him because I think when when the kind of the team mentality is right now, let's sit back on the edge of the box. He gets stifled and he, he kind of drifts out a bit, and you see more of low because that's that's what he's best at. He's best of you know back to the wall defending. But I think he, Williams is a better player. I think he's got more of an expansive game about him. So I would like to. See, kind of the shackles taken off him a little bit in that, you know, mm. and and have Bolton playing further up the pitch and seeing a bit more of him as a as a footballer. But I do like him. I think he's uh, I think he's all right. Um, I'm interested. You mentioned Low, and uh, just before you, you nip in the next question, Will was on on, on Low. Um, I think he, he struggles a little bit because he doesn't seem to have that much to his game other than what you don't really see. Because I know he he's coming to replace Prattley and you know mm. to to an extent on Henry. But I look back to sort of Spearing, where I think him and Spearing probably played a very similar game. But you could maybe bank upon Spearing popping up with two or three goals in a season. You know, the odd 20-yarder here and there that he'd bop into the bottom corner when you were least expecting it. I don't, from what I've seen so far on Law, I don't, I don't know if he's got that in his locker. And I wonder whether that's when 
you talk about upgrading position on position, whether it's, it's strictly true. Um, I don't know if he's got any shackles to loosen, um, but it, it just strikes me as interesting how they are, you know, we've replaced players, ostensibly replaced players, but it's still missing that, that element, isn't it, of, of chipping in with goals from other places apart from Sami Amiobi and, and the odd striker here and there. Yeah, I mean, obviously the attacking aspect of midfield's been questioned, um, you know, and, and Lowe is... is a defensive midfielder first and foremost hasn't got a, kind of a, a pedigree of, of having scored goals down the years. More like Carl Henry, probably than, than yeah. partly, I suppose, who, who started as a number ten really at, at Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Williams is is more of a spearing type. I think he has got it in him to go and venture forward and pop up on the edge of the box, maybe with a bit more confidence in him. He, he will do that. Um, Lowe is is going to sit there and screen the back four, and Parkinson likes that. Let's face it, you know he's you know I think uh, I think that's the the kind of midfield he wants in his team. Getting that balance has been a, a bugbear, hasn't it? It's, it's been a real difficult one for Phil, and, and having Ozchimer in there um, as a as a hyper kind of attacking central midfielder has 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 done a decent job. I think it's it's made it a bit better in the last few weeks, but. Um, when you bring in, in Oz, you are lacking that sort of bit of physicality in there as well. Um, so he's still not he's still not found the balance. He's still not found the balance. I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure the midfield is any better off than it was 12 months ago. Really, no, I, agree. I was a big fan of Spearing, and I completely back that idea. But uh, yeah, well, how many times have we? I look, you know, just use him as an example of how many times we're guilty of. Uh, of assuming that we can get better both on and off the pitch and it, it, the grass isn't always greener is it it's not no no certainly not um, last question I think we'll call it um, first part of this question I think I can speak on behalf of all of us that we don't agree with but um, you can feel free to answer the second half so I uh, don't think Parky wanted to sign Doge because he never plays him I don't agree with that uh, um, especially at home when he should be starting with two up front what does Mark think? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he wanted to sign him. Whether or not at the start of the window, like I said before, I think White was the one he wanted. Whether or not the injury ended up buggering that up, certainly the, the price did. Um, though, yeah, uh, Deutsch looks like somebody who wants the ball in the penalty box, a bit like Alfie, in as much as he wants, you know, crosses in, he wants to be sort of. You know, nipping in and, and, and scoring goals from, from closer in. He doesn't look overly happy um, being the target man or or, or kind of having to, to contest um, physically that much. I don't think he's that type of striker. Um, and I don't think anybody at Forest Green really expected him to be that type of striker speaking to him down there either. Um, they were quite, quite surprised really that, you know, this is, this is how he seems to have been played. I don't think, unless he's going to find an answer to that kind of left wing back problem, that the three four one two that he's used at home is going to be a, a long term solution. And I think that's the problem there. That, that the left hand side that Dyer's has not really been up to much, um, and that that neither Grounds nor Taylor can really play as a left wing back. So unless in January he finds an answer to that problem, I think he's going to struggle to play two up top. Um, so Deutsch is just going to have to bide his time, I think. Wait his turn. Unfortunately. I think he might be the one of those ones where we mark it down as being the sort of right player at the wrong time in that 
Maybe. The way the Wanderers have set up over the last couple of years under Parkinson has led more to a, a dominant centre-forward, much in the way that McGinnis was in his first month, um, on a more consistent basis, because, again, looking back, uh, Medine, although you know I've had my say on him many, many times, there's no doubt in when he was effective, he was he was fantastically effective. Um, and I think it's a, it's a big ask for someone like Doge, who on the surface of things appears to be a much more technical kind of player, um, to come in and, and be a battering ram. That's why I was so so surprised that on the other occasion when he's, he's made a, a, an appearance with a fellow striker who's got that physicality, be it Donaldson or McGuinness, he's looked twice as good, uh, twice the player that he is when he's, he's up there expected to plow alone for him on his own. Mm. Um, and so I, I think I'd love to see that given more opportunity, but at the minute, again, I think needs must. Parkinson being so wedded, wedded to his, his one up front. I wonder whether Dodge, we're going to see the best of Dodge, at least in the short term. And I hope it does work out for him because I think when he's had the ball, uh, his feet, he's looked like something different, you know, something that we've not got. And the goal they took against Rotherham, I doubt any other any of the other strikers we've got could have scored that goal. It's just frustrating then to see him not not uh, capitalise on that. Partly not through his own fault, you know, with him being dropped from the from the, the first team. Um, and I just just don't know where we go from here. It's all just so I don't know, so concerning. I mean, did you think that you could you think of any other way of of getting two up top, other than the the kind of the three at the back? I, I I'm struggling. I mean, I know Willie oh, said something really, about really four four two before. I think that would be a, a there's no not Catinell's chance would would fill Parkinson name a four four two. I think that that's a that, I don't think that formation's got much of a place this in this day and age. That's a, no. a a bit of a generalisation. But even with the plays we've got, I think we would we would struggle. Um, to make much of a of a fist of things in that role, absolutely. The only way you can think of getting two up front would be to sacrifice that that person at the the sort of base of the defensive diamond, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. like someone like Low. Um, but then I just think with the defence that we've got, and again, as a bit of a wide generalisation, uh, I think the defence that we've got need that extra level of protection. Bring I think that, that 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 comes as, as with a level of sacrifice, and that's got to be that. You know, unfortunately, it's got to be that further further attacking option. Yeah, definitely. Them's the cards they've been dealt. Indeed. <laughs> I still would like to know why Josh McGuinness is taking throw-ins, though, in the last game. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a chest infection, Mark. Don't say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't understand that one. I meant to bring it up with Phil Parkinson, but he did not look in the mood for such a trivial question. <laughs> he popped up in the uh, it was probably on, the, on, the, on a power Harry Kane taking corners when Roy Hodgson was England manager exactly exactly <laughs> um, JJ and Long Swallowins to bring it back to a local <laughs> level uh, I don't think we'll take any more from Twitter plainly because um, we've either already answered them or potentially not really appropriate um, Chris do you have any more of your own uh, no, no, I'm just glad you didn't direct any of the more inappropriate questions towards me, to be honest, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had far too many lem sips today to, to be tolerating that kind of level of stupidity. <laughs> yeah, um, no. I, ju- I just don't don't know, don't really know where we go from here as, as, a, as a club because uh, it feels really almost like a, a bit of a betrayal to be to be considering the fact that Parky might want to leave, but that's the reality in that we're in. And, and the, the, the concerning thing from my point of view is the fact that we've had this downward spiral before. He's been a very streaky sort of manager. You know, it's always kind of feast or famine with him. It's never really much in between. And although we've shown in the past that we've been able to get out of ruts as you know when it, when it dictates that we need to, this one seems to be showing no end of of, of, of abating. Even we've had relatively simple games on paper. 
such as Hull or QPR back when they were both doing very poorly. We've not been able to step up um, and it doesn't bode well for when we play the bigger games. And I think it's that interesting looking back over games like QPR and Hull. Um, when we played them, both ourselves and them were on shocking runs. They've managed to arrest those slides and both of which have gone on to, to relative success. QPR have made an amazing turnaround under a manager that we all probably would have laughed at had we been linked with someone like McLaren back in the summer or even, you know, had he been unemployed now, we'd have thought, now what is that Wally with the Broly? You know, we don't want him anywhere near our club. Um, it just goes to show that with the right organisation and the right backing, that even the managers that you think are the most hopeless can, can turn things around. So even whilst there seems to be no way out of this for Parkey, I think cutting back to something Mark said back at the very, very start of this podcast, um, all it takes is a win. You know, and it can be as scruffy as you like, but all it takes is a win, and, and things will look a hell of a lot rose here. And for the sake of, of what I believe Parky has, has, has earned at the, the time at the club, um, I'd love for that to happen. Um, I'm just not going to put any money on it. Fair enough. Um, I'll just throw one last one at you, Mark. Um, okay. Your prediction for table finish come the end of the season? 20th. 20th. It's a good shout. Chris? Yeah, absolutely. You know, come what may, as long as we stay in this division, that's the main thing. If we're going to be attractive to a buyer, if we're going to, for those that want Anderson to go, that's what needs to happen. For those that want Parkinson to go, um, again, that would re- that would represent success no matter who's in charge. So yeah, hundred percent agree. Twentieth, it would be it would be great. Good stuff. I agree. I think I went nineteenth uh, last season. Um, but, I just yeah. don't want anything like that. Like that hour. In the Forest game, where we were two one down, or we were we won a piece, and we weren't entirely sure where we we're up to. I, I, I want to be I want to be safe going into the last game of the season because I go away in mid April and I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that I'm going away, leaving things in safe hands. No more heart attacks, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to apologise to my mate who I went to that final Forest game with. I think I broke his nose when we scored that that third goal. Um, such was the, the sort of violence and me up with my arm that I think I broke his nose and so Joe I apologise <laughs> it's very good of you to, to admit it um, if, there's, <laughs> if there's nothing else that anyone else has to say um, then I'll just do a quick plug um, obviously you can fo- find all our ramblings and future podcasts on the line of the Vienna suite um, Chris you don't have Twitter anymore but um find you on Facebook yeah. if they want the usual Preston uh, I must say that's, that's <laughs> generally just um, my reviews of Nicolas Cage movies and untapped <laughs> check-ins at the minute so it's really nothing I just recommend people check out Line of Vienna STE yeah. um, for anything that you want to do with Wanderers it's still in my Stuff. opinion the very best place out there to find it but well, I need the news of course it is <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at WI1LJ and I'm sure you all know where to find Mark and if not Mark where can they find you in the pub. There you go. <laughs> Great answer. Don't find me anywhere. I'm fine. <laughs> Leave me <laughs> Anyway, right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And if there's nothing else left to say, then set la V.